All right. Good morning. Hello. My name is Leslie Kane. I am the host of the Why Not Today podcast. This is a podcast to celebrate people who have been courageous and said, why not today? I started this podcast in honor of my father, Patrick Kane, who often said, why not today? I'm based in Reston, Virginia, a planned community right outside of Washington, D.C., and thanks for joining us today. I'm super excited today to have Mary Foley, who has been a friend for years and has done all kinds of courageous things, and we keep reconnecting, and it's just been a fun adventure with your friendship, and so she had just started a podcast herself, which we're going to talk about, and it's called What Now? Live Your Life by the Color of Your your nail color. Did I get it right? Or did I mess it up? <laughs> Almost. Live like your nail color. That's live like your nail color. And I have, luckily I got my nails done. I love it. Talk about I love it. it. So, we can see each other in person right now and you got this bright neon pink. Love it. Yes, exactly. So um, I'm excited to hear from you, Mary, and your stories. But before we do that, I always talk about connections and how we connect with people. And I love our connection that I think we met when you wrote a book at a book signing event. For some reason, I've got a envisioned a hotel at Tyson's Corner. I have no idea. But we've connected and reconnected and you've moved away and just keep connecting. And I just love that. So you just never know who that person's going to be that's going to be in your life. And if you're not physically near them or you haven't talked to them in a while, then don't let it go. You know, if you get that little nudge, call them, see them. Um, and I think a couple of years ago we connected, I was driving through Richmond and that's where you lived and an appointment canceled. And I just reached out, I'm like, you have time for coffee? And we were able to reconnect. So it's been kind of fun. So super excited to hear from you, Mary, and all about your podcast and your courageous stories. So share a little about you before you get to, into the courage part. And what's a fun fact we should know about Mary Foley? Oh my gosh. Fun fact. Okay. So, um, I was thinking as you were uh, doing an introduction, kind of laying the groundwork for today's conversation, I was like, is it courageous or is it crazy? You know, like it sometimes can look, feel like it's crazy uh, to you <laughs> or to others when you're doing um, something courageous, something new to you. So, all right. So when you asked me to be on this podcast, I started thinking about, and you said, you know, you have all these things you've done in your life. Okay. So truth be told, you know, I've been on this earth a little more than five decades and I've been racking up, not the points, but certainly the experiences, right? So at this point, I hope to have a trend. And so I thought, I thought, I started thinking about what are these moments where I thought immediately, like, what was correct? Yes. And the thing the I really want to share is some highlights because it was more as if, uh, I don't know, to me, perhaps the different experiences and how courage kept showing up or my courage kept saying, hey, are you going to show up, right? Um, so. The first one that definitely comes to mind is when I graduated. Okay, before you, wait, 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 before you go all, yeah. all your stories, it was a little bit about you and a fun fact. Oh, all right. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I thought the little bit about me were my stories. Okay, so the little bit about me is that I am a business coach for women entrepreneurs. Okay. And um, I love doing that because I want to see more and more women entrepreneurs succeed. It's not as easy as it looks. Um, and so that's a little bit about me and what I do every day. Um, so what's a fun fact? Fun fact is um, when COVID started, this had been on the plan to do. It just happened to be COVID went along with it or the quarantine is I got a new bicycle after 20 years. They say you can get back on the bike. Well, I'm here to say you can. 
And I felt like a 16 year old. I didn't even, uh, you know, I even had a donated gifted bike to me. It was my mom's 30 year old um, uh, Schwinn. I mean, it was, it was just funny when I look back, but I tried <laughs> it out again. I went, I love this. It's fun. And we needed fun. We need also some stress relief uh, during that quarantine time. And I could get outside. And so um, since then, I now have a much better bike, much more my size and suited to, to me. And I never thought that when I started biking again, they give me about 14 months later, I would do what's called a century ride. That is wow. 100 miles at one time, 100 miles in a day. And uh, I did it with uh, my gal pal uh, and biking buddy. And so it's always good. We, we are convinced we would not have made it had it not been for each other. Yeah. Yeah. But, and I thought, you know, I did it right after I turned 57 years old, 56 years old. And you're like, you can't do something. It was proving to me, it was showing me actually through this bike, you can get back on the bike if you keep pedaling and you, and having a goal and having a buddy makes a huge difference. So that's, yeah, that's awesome. Back. And it's interesting. There seems to be a theme. And I think we talked about this the other day, kind of my niche market for this is a lot of the women that I've interviewed are hitting fifties and like doing different things in life. So yeah. that's really cool. I think it's um, yeah, great time. I think I've been on a bike once since I got my driver's license. So maybe one day. <laughs> <laughs> well, not today. It has to be cycling. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So tell me, what does courage mean to you? If you could give a quick definition, I know it can mean lots of things, but what's courage? Courage to me is not giving up. Love that. And so true. Yeah. Um, Simple. And maybe I could expand that and simply courage is have, um, carving your own path and not giving up yeah and you've had lots of that in your life mm -hmm. so what well, I know there's lots of things you've done and we I kind of pinpointed some that I knew of and I'm sure there's more yeah. and we, I think you want to kind of go on in the way of highlights so share your why not today's your courage your things you've done because I think you've had a full life of living that motto you know, uh, well, because you asked the question, it, you helped me kind of uh, go, wow, I really have had a full life. And I know it, but when someone asked you to kind of review and give a synopsis, I just became more grateful of it. And it helped me actually a lot, Leslie, because uh, when, the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves are the most powerful stories in our lives. So right. you made me reflect and say, what is my story again? You know, and how does that inform me today? So here's some highlights. When I thought about moments of courage, you know, moments of gutsiness, the first one that came to my mind was when I was 23 years old. I just graduated from Virginia Tech in engineering. And the only thing I knew was I didn't want to be an engineer. And, you <laughs> <Okay>. know, <laughs> it would have been a great lucrative career. Uh, right. But I came to the conclusion it just didn't personally give me joy. And I already felt depressed uh, thinking about doing that. Uh, job. Um, I was very proud of my degree, by the way. My parents, on the other hand, were deer in the headlights. What? You've just gone <laughs> through this. We paid for it. You know, you're supposed to be launched. Right. But when I decided, okay, I don't know what I want to do, but I know that's not on the list. 
So first it was courage to say no to that career, <laughs> even when my, 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 my peers, right? Those who are my seniors, we're all seniors in college. And they're like, Mary, you know, just try it for a while. You know, you know, you can always fall back on uh, engineering. And I thought nobody falls back on engineering. Mm -hmm. okay? I'm yeah. just saying, I said, <laughs> no. And I had to have the courage to my, my peer group then, then I had to have the courage to tell my, my parents. But the bigger thing was, what am I gonna do? But the thing is, is that had I not said no to that, because I think there's courage to say no to things in our lives. Yes. Yeah, I, even when I don't know what to say yes to yet, but is that um, it led me to Northern Virginia, I decided to go to the big city and that happened to be Northern Virginia, Metro DC, met you in that process. Right. And I just looked for a job to pay the bills, to get started doing something. I wasn't looking for like the big career. I'll figure it out as I go along. And that led me to a, a decade career with AOL when AOL was cool. And this we're talking, yes, right. I mean, it was in the nineties. Um, that experience, that decade changed my life changed my life and it formed me enables me to do what I'm doing today um, about entrepreneurship and uh, and also you know they had a good nice little compensation plan that helped me out so I'm um, that to me was a big it was a big thing to say uh, that at 23 years old when the expectations were all on me about well you've got this degree you're a female you're in the minority you know people gonna want to hire you so that and you landed in a good place at AOL, but you started, if I remember correctly, before oh. AOL was AOL and you were like oh. answering calls or something like that, oh, like not right. an engineering degree kind no, of girl. It was not so, AOL, uh, it became, <laughs> exactly, right. it was, I, mean, I, was I, I was working for a, a company who, whose name then, it was called, it changed its name to AOL later on, it was called Quantum Computer Services about 120 people in this company I was hired for the call center for a year I was answering the phone calls that were coming in from the 800 number I was answering people's technical questions you know uh, they was having to get the software working their billing questions you know just general stuff they're ranting and raving uh, yeah I have a whole appreciation for customer service uh mm -hmm. departments like that and I thought I was gonna leave I mean literally going okay you know I'll just I, I was trying to figure out my life um I didn't expect to stay there then, uh, right. but I did like the community. I liked the company and the culture and uh, an opportunity, an opening came up in the training department of the customer service department. They to train and I thought, oh, I can train the people to do what I did, I think. And so I was able to get that position and I, you know, uh, there were several that applied. That put me on the path, Leslie, to then going I did that for, I was training manager, then I was call center manager, then I was the head of corporate training for the entire company by the time I left. So, right. but, it, but trust me, it was, my parents are going, I don't know, well, she just works for some computer company. That's my daughter does right now. I mean, they really didn't yeah. know. Who knew online <laughs> meant, you know, in the yeah. early 90s. Yeah, that's right. So the thing though that happened at the same time uh, in that decade is I got married. And that uh, is courageous in its way, but I was excited. Mm -hmm. What the courageous part was, I didn't realize until I was into it that I had married a man who had anger management problems and um, he was abusive. He was physically abusive, emotionally abusive. Um, and I was just in shock. So fast forward, what ended up happening was I knew it wasn't right. But I didn't know how to get out of it. I finally got the courage to go talk about courage, many courages to go to a counselor 
he thought, good, you're going to go get fixed. I was like, I'm going to go try to figure this out. And I really, when you're in an abusive relationship, one of the tactics is one of the, uh, the by the per abuser, but also it's so easy to feel like so doubting of yourself. So self-criticizing. And um, so it took me uh, a little bit. I thought, well, you know, and my head was jossed around. So this counselor really helped to get it straight. Um, and then I had the courage to get the muster of the courage. She goes, you have to, after we had several sessions talking about it, you have to talk to him about this. Like you can take a weekend away or you just, you have to, you have to, you have to get a break from this. I thought, oh, that's not going to go over. Right. Okay. So, because a big thing about abusers, typically there's control. So right. he gave me the opportunity because of this incident that was going to happen that had been repeated before. And instead I ran out of the apartment and essentially never came back for an entire year. And then we started to see if we could work things out. Ultimately it didn't, but the thing was, was is that here I was not believing I, I earned this it. treatment. However, fear of what he would do kept me back from leaving which is something i never thought of before until i was in it um, um right. and then also i just was so right. ashamed I was, I was just the shame of i let this happen to me and then i'd never nobody in my in my family had gotten divorced and the feeling of failure that brought you know it was so these negative emotions that are very real and tangible but typically their negative fear is a big one this one shame is a big one will keep us from doing the very thing and having the courage or mustering the courage i finally did because the counselor helped me kind of get my thinking straight so you had the courage to get help which is I, so you're right love. and then the courage to listen and process it right think about right. it because any counselor, any third party is really just a tool, whether they're information or guidance and, and such, you have to still take it in and decide what you're going to do for it. But you know what? Here's the thing. And I find, and I did finally get the courage to exit and to exit safely and get other people involved. Um, right. I learned so much from that experience uh, that sure. formed my life. I learned so much about myself, so much about how life and relationships, um, even though I left the relationship and the relationship was uh, gone, I got, I took from that everything to go forward right. that was positive right. and, and, and such. So, so that was, a, that was a big courage because then what happened is I get divorced and I decide that I'm leaving AOL at the same time. I teased mm -hmm. two divorces. One was more amicable than the other, but basically mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd actually experienced the, the, the glass ceiling after all those years, which I thought was like, why, why now? That didn't make any sense. However, um, I decided, well, as I looked into possibilities there, I said, nope, I think it's more my time to leave. So it was a big nudge. But more it was a courageous, it was, and we talk about why not today and the courage. And it was one of those, if I remember correctly, a pivotal moment that something happened going to work and you're like, like oh, this can't work. Yeah. Isn't okay. it something about the gym or the pants? Right. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. Right? Okay. <laughs> I haven't told the story in a long time. I remember a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So what it was is I had separated from my uh, husband, but I hadn't gotten a divorce yet. You know, I'm going to work every day. I was ahead of corporate training and I had, you know, it just gets stressful dealing with all that. And then I had the, the, the biggest training management deliverable ever in the company of my career at that point that I was responsible for. So I had to make sure these 40 new managers went through management training 
in four months, it was 400, sorry, in four months. I still remember that. Like the, I was like, oh my gosh. Now I wasn't training them at this point. I'm coordinating right. it all and I'm making it all happen. And, um, but, uh, and I, you know, a lot was still, it was all going to come down to me internally. Did it work? Did it not work? And all the VPs and, and such. So, um, yeah, so I was particularly stressed and I, I had to, uh, I was going in early one morning, uh, to, I know I had these, uh, I had several meetings with VPs of these other departments to get their blessing, so to speak, you know, quote, input on the training design, the final, like here it was. And I was on a tight deadline. So I really needed them to say yes. Oh, that's good. Thank you so much, Mary. Right. So I decided to go an extra early workout um, to kind of relieve some stress. And we had a small gym at the bottom floor of the building, AOL building I worked. So, you know, I get up, the alarm goes off. I put, you know, put my gym clothes and stuff, um, my, my work clothes in the bag, put my gym clothes on, go to work. And I'm working out. I'm feeling good. Glad I did it. Sweat it off a little bit. Like, okay. Then I go into the shower to change. I get out of the shower. I got my towel wrapped around me. My hair's dripping wet. I open up my bag for my clothes my work clothes and I realize I have a big big problem I have no pants like I had mm-hmm. everything else I was like oh my gosh and of course you know you live in any metropolitan area especially Washington DC you cannot just say right oh now in the middle of rush hour let me just go you know home and back and I had 45 minutes till this meeting was going to happen what am I going to do what I'm going to do and so it, then it, you know just it's almost like divine intervention it occurred to me hey, wait a minute, Mary, you're the head of corporate training, kind of like a coach. We have to wear these <laughs> IDs and these lanyards around our necks. Why don't we, kind of like a coach would wear a whistle. And so I got the idea that what I would do is fortunately to get too, too sweaty that morning uh, is that I put all my gym clothes, my workout clothes again, and we did have a casual work day or casual dress code, I should say. Uh, and I, I just put it back on. And then I walked into that first meeting and I said, all right, your head coach and trainer is here. Let's get started. <laughs> Love and it. I had and to have, but I have to really perform that one. Like, you know, yeah, Gary, go overboard. And so they all laughed. That's all I wanted. Let's see. I just wanted them to laugh. And I was like, oh, well, and you're way ahead of your times because fast forward, you're a into the COVID world, everybody wearing their sweats to work right. in the workout right. yoga pants. Right. I did have a colleague <laughs> say to me, well, you're really taking this casual dress code, you know, seriously, Mary. So, you know, later that day I went home and I, and I did change, but yeah, that, that was one of those moments. And, but here was the thing that it led to, uh, where me going, okay, I, I, I have to leave. I just, this job is just too much stress that you yeah, forget I mean, pants. My pants were right there on the bed when I went home. Right. I just hadn't made it into my bag. And I thought, that's an early sign. You're overloaded. Mm-hmm. And something's got to give. Something's got to go. So it's either your health or, you know, your job or grad school was coming up. I was just about to start this, you know, and the divorce still wasn't done. So I decided right. to, you know, back off on the work part. And then they- yeah, and I think those things happen and you were wise enough to be aware and say, okay, something's not right here and I need to do something yeah. different. Yeah. And I could have just said, oh, I'm stupid. I'm dumb. You know, all that stuff. And, um, you know, trust me in the moment I felt a little foolish. All right. <laughs> but um, I, I think that's something we, you're absolutely right. When it comes to, uh, you know, moments of courage, there's a lead up to them. And right. usually it's because something is not quite settled in you, in your life. 
could be personally, could be professionally, could be relationships, could be finances, it could be all kinds of different things, but something you're like, oh, it keeps nagging at you and you just don't feel really good about it. It's one of those, it's a, it's a negative feeling or it's a hesitation or such. And, and that's really what you need to pay attention to. So that's what right. that was for me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you got lots more courageous moments. We can go forever, but let's get some other highlights. Yeah. Some other highlights was, um, so here I am now, early thirties and I didn't expect, I don't know what I expected, but I certainly wasn't in my list of things of thinking, oh, well, you know, when I'm in my early thirties, I'm going to have been, I'm going to be divorced, single again. Uh, and I'm also going to have some big, I'm going to have left my job. And so I got like a new slate. All right. I did not anticipate that. That's what happened. Um, now I will say that there was this in between, which was, I decided to go to grad school. Okay. And so what I had figured out is that when I decided to leave AOL because of the glass ceiling, I looked around and said, well, do I, what direction do I really want to take my career? So I had some good conversations with people that I really admired and I pinpointed an area called organization development and you could do consulting. And I was kind of, I was doing some of that without knowing that was the label. So I said, okay, I really like this work or, uh, so let me get my degree in it. And a grad degree made sense at that point. So I searched that out and then I applied to, to a program and all that takes time as anyone knows in grad right. school. So, um, yeah, so I decided, so that was starting that had made a commitment to that leaving AOL. And, um, and then fortunately within the first semester, I was able to get the divorce finalized so I could do that. And then shortly after that, I left AOL. And what I was quote left with was grad school, which I was thankful for because I had something to focus in on. And I also knew it had a timeline. It was a two-year program. So the reason I'm just saying that is because given this, uh, for me, the, 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 the scenario was I was not a fish out of water, but I was in a different stream at that point. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it was uncomfortable to be single again, even though I didn't want to be with my ex, but you know, to be in this social dating scene again, right. It was uncomfortable in some ways to go to school again, uh, meet all kinds of, and, and the environment was to meet all kinds of different people, but it was also exhilarating, you know, you were out West too, weren't you in California? Well, what happened was, right, it was a Pepperdine University on the West Coast. They had a program, quote, executive, uh, meaning that we went out there over two years. We met eight times in person okay, about a week. And so a lot of times it's out in California. Yeah. So I could go uh, back and forth. Um, so you're right. And during that, that time period, um, I had more flexibility. And because my family relationships had gotten strained because of my marriage, I made a point, I spent more time, particularly with my parents. And I went on trips with them sometimes, or, you know, I said, Hey mom, let's go somewhere in the world together. And she's like, like okay, you know, is she really? And I was like, yeah. So I, I took advantage of it as well to, to kind of reconnect with myself. And Here's the thing, though, is that with the very end of grad school, I got the inspiration to write a book. Now, here's what happened on that one. And this was a moment that only I was there. So, you know, you have to believe this <laughs> happened. I was journaling. And actually, it was a requirement in grad school and this particular program to journal. And I was journaling and unexpectedly got this idea to write a book about you know, about career success or about what had worked and my lessons learned at AOL. It was just all this jumble of stuff, really. And I thought, you know, I, I got so excited that I started writing the first paragraph right there in my journal. And I lost a sense of time. Have you ever had that? 
Leslie, where you're just yes. into something so much, you know that's a space, whatever that right. topic is, that that's calling to your heart. It's calling your name. And I just got absorbed. I don't know if it was three minutes, five minutes, 15 minutes. I really don't know. What I do know is at some moment, I realized what I was doing. Like, and the critical voice kicked in. What is it? You can't write a book. You've never written a book. You've written training materials. You know, you don't have to write a book. And I freaked out. And this voice got louder and louder. And I slammed the journal shut. And, and I just said, I can't think about this. But it kept coming back to me. It kept coming back. And I would get excited. That was the other thing. I noticed I got excited. Um, and this was, I still had a year left in grad school. But I decided, all right, this was my courageous moment. And to myself, I said, I am going to write this book. I don't care if I give 20 copies to my friends and family and that's it. I'm going to write this book. And I made a decision. And then after that decision, I went, well, I really don't know how to write a book. I don't know even know the process of it. Let me learn. Yeah. Let me find out. I became an investigative reporter, so to speak. Like, let me just, and today you can find out all kinds of stuff. So at the tips of your fingers, literally by going online. So I learned about, about that process. And then I was like, oh, and then I had the courage to give it voice to two other friends, girlfriends at dinner one night. This is about three months later. And the one woman, I had read her book called Find Your Calling, Love Your Life. Turns out she only lived about 45 minutes away. She was so touched by my email. And then the woman who gave me her book was a colleague at AOL. So three of us got together. And I said uh, to Martha at the end, I said, you know, I've had this idea about writing a book. It just kind of came to me. And I told her a little bit about it. And she was an author. And so, you know, part of me was like, yeah, what do you think? She, she said a few words, encouraging words. Then she emailed me the next day, Mary, I've been thinking about your book ever since and your book idea on the whole drive home. You got to write this book and I want to help you. Whoa. Wow. Whoa. That's awesome. Yeah. And that led and to writing my first book. And it's listening to that voice. And I talk yeah. about that with this podcast is, and that's kind of where I came with the podcast. It's like, okay, it's that little nudge. You can't let go of it. It gives you passion, gives you excitement. Yep. And then- God puts people in your path when you're obedient. You're like, okay, I'm going to do this. I don't know what it looks like, yeah. but I'm going to figure it out. And you definitely figured it out. So how many books did you end up writing? Um, I think I have them all at home. Yeah, I wrote three. I haven't written one in, you know, the last one came out in 2004. So don't go like, you know, it's probably somewhere on uh, eBay somewhere. Perhaps you're lucky. <laughs> you just say, hey, man, you got any extra copies. But I wrote a book called... Um, Bodacious Career, Outrageous Success for Working Women, which really was lessons learned about career success when I was at AOL, both what I realized I did well, because what do you know right. when you were starting, as well as my screw-ups that I thought, this is a really big, important one, and, and take forward. I then wrote a book called Being a Bodacious Woman, Outrageously in Charge of Your Life and Loving It. And then um, a few years after that, um, I got really playful and wrote a book called Live Like Your Nail Color, Even If You Have Naked Nails, which today... <laughs> I'm basing my new podcast on, but that's awesome. Yeah. But the, the main thing there is simply to say that I did listen to that voice uh, and it, it happened in some steps uh, for, for the book. The and So when I got done with my grad degree, I then said, I'm going to write this book. And I had this gal helping me and I just made that commitment to myself. And I realized in that process, 
I don't want to go work for a company and being an organizational consultant. I have to try being an entrepreneur. And the message and the messages about being gutsy and what I call bodacious, being courageous and some t- and some how to's. I said that motivated me. I was more passionate about that than I was about organizational development, which I liked, by the way, which I felt was important right. and had its purpose. Mm-hmm. That's put that one decision to say, let me try this now, this next thing, uh, because of writing that book has put me on the entrepreneurial path, but it, it it's why I'm on doing what I'm doing today, which, you know, I've been an author and a speaker and a radio show and a podcast host and, and I've done, you know, workshops, all of that. And then now I'm doing business coaching, but, uh, and your message is so strong about the book, first of all, being bodacious, um, living like your nail color, like live your life. And I think that all speaks to my message here of being courageous and why not today? Um, and doing those things that you want to do. Um, And then the other thing, the other story, and it's amazing how many things I remember and how many pivotal moments in a life that, (laughs) and I quote you, like before we we talked the other day, I shared some, we were talking about nail polish color and I talked about you and I didn't remember it being a book. I remember a chapter of it, but I guess it was a whole book. And then the other thing is Godiva chocolate. Mm. I quote you on that forever and ever. That and and it's again a woman being courageous. Godiva chocolate. So share your Godiva chocolate. Oh well, yeah. well the story <laughs> Which, um, that I first shared. You know, these were sometimes I go, why do speakers steal other people's stories? Uh, or re, you know, it's it's good to re, if you want to give them credit, right? Them. But you know, life gives you your own stories. So this one day, um, who knows? Maybe I was working on a book. Uh, uh, writing, but I'd had several days in a row. We've all had those where they're really long days and they, you know, they were like 10, 12 hour days again and again. And I finally, you know, was almost to the end of this project I was working on, but I still had like two or three hours probably left, you know? And um, I said, okay, what do, what do you do at those times? A lot of times, you know, you head for the you head for the coffee, right? right. You head for something, some caffeine, you head for some sugar. And I was like, I got some coffee. And I was like, and I headed for the chocolate. I mean, you know, <laughs> I love that combination. And right. so a friend had recently given me this box of Godiva chocolates. And, you know, when you get Godiva, you know, you, you don't eat them all at once. You right. You savor. Right. You savor them. And there are these, there's a box of truffles. So I pull open the you know, the drawer, and I look at this gold box of what I call divine chocolate, right? Mm-hmm. And I realized in that moment, for the first time ever, having eaten enough Godiva chocolate and seen the label, it didn't say Godiva. And my <laughs> eyes got opened, and in that moment, it said, Go Diva. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I love that story. And it, yeah, and I just like, oh my gosh, all this time, Godiva chocolates has been inspiring me, right, to be this bodacious woman, to to, to go after, right. to say why not today, um, and then you know rewarding me with these amazing chocolates. So, uh, you know, Godiva as a as a historical figure was pretty gutsy herself. Right. Uh, I don't know that whole story, but for me, it was always Godiva, Godiva, Godiva. Yeah, <laughs> it was fun. Funny, yeah. All right. So we went on another tangent. We can't be here forever and ever, but so other courageous moments recently, I know your podcast moving back home. Yeah. So 
things you've yeah, done. So another chapters in, in another chapter in my life. Now I'm still a business coach. Fortunately, with COVID, we can do it virtually, and I we can do some in person. But uh, it became apparent to me uh, probably about six months ago that um, my aging parents really could use more help, and I, I was only an hour away. Uh, when I was living in Richmond, Virginia, and they were living in Williamsburg, Virginia, and that's my hometown. However, an hour away means you're probably not going to see some of the things that you need to help, and you can't quickly help, and you can't. Right. So I, so it was either going to be, uh, I, you know, I drive much more to Williamsburg from Richmond, or I just say, let me live in Williamsburg and drive to Richmond as needed and other places, and that's what I decided to do. And that's been the impetus, but I, in that courageous decision, I could say, because I'd already, I, you know, after being in Northern Virginia for about 15 years and developing relationships like with you, then I moved to this new city called Richmond. I'm developing new relationships. It felt a little bit like starting over, but I also was like a new adventure. I loved that part. Um, and now it's moving after another 15, 16 years yet again. And it feels kind of that way, uh, kind of, but I'm decided to look at it as a new adventure. But the what also happened kind of in this time frame, not in the last six months, but more like the last 18 months or so, and it has to do with why bring back the whole idea of live like your nail color is because during the pandemic and all the stresses and all the negativity that kept perpetuating, you know, the depression and the anxiety and there, I, I dealt with my own. I'm just telling you right now, biking became my antidepressant. Okay. So, and <laughs> And walking and walking being near water became mine. <laughs> okay, yeah, and 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 having a purpose of of and of helping, doing my best, my darndest to say that for all my women entrepreneurs who I was coaching, for them to stay in business, to right. somehow, how can we make this? How can you adjust? And how can we make this work for you? How can you be stronger because of it? That gave me a lot of sense of purpose. So those were happening, but as it continued on and on, I was just kind of like, you know what? I hate this, this, this continued, it felt like almost oppressiveness. And so I thought there are a lot of negative voices. I, what can I do to be a, a, a positive, more public voice that says, you know what? It is still possible to create the life you want, the career you want, the, the business you want. It is. And it's so much a decision and it's so much a mindset right. and it's so much keeping at it. And all these things have always been true. And that's where you and I connect because we're like-minded in that way. Right. But when you're in a more crisis situation, when you're in a more pressured situation, it becomes becomes super clear. Those things become like even more important and vibrant and vital, I should say. It also is it's important to say, hey, hey, there's a decision you can make and you can make right. it every day over and over again. So I had been already doing this podcast for a, a, a bank. That's another story. It doesn't matter. The point is, I was very familiar with doing a podcast, like doing a podcast, like you're doing a podcast, lots of people doing podcasts, getting literally your voice out there. And I went, what we need is a little fun because chip has been happening. It happens on your nails, <laughs> happens in your life. Yep. All right. So how can we flip the chip? And uh, And so I decided to bring back the concept and the fun with it. Uh, and it's in, and, um, that's why I decided the podcast. So here's the thing I love about your podcast. It's similar to my podcast. And I think it's so essential and, and we can't have a shortage of these people's stories, mm -hmm. stories of overcoming stories of working, navigating through st lessons learned out of that. We need to hear that again and again and again, not because we're stupid, but because 
it is an essential part of keeping at it. And we will always have new challenges in a good way. And we always want to keep believing and keep hearing other people's stories that made it through and get that nugget that we need in our own situation. So that's and, what I'm doing on Live Like Your Yeah, And stories, I think we learn better from stories. We relate better to from stories than reading a book about principle. And it, the hearing other people's stories gives you hope to say, okay, if they can do it, why not me? And give you that courage and the why not todayness to say, you know what? Mary did it. And look at, I mean, when we're in it, you don't see all the blessings, but when you go through things and you go to the other side, you're like, wow. And just like you saying, looking at all your milestones of courage and all the things you've said since very young, you've had a very courageous life. And it's those stories too you know, people relate to and they're like, and, oh, and I might want to do this. I appreciate you saying all that, you know, you knowing me and reflecting on me. And I think because it's also, that's what people tend to see, right? They tend to see these bigger actions or these moves and stuff. But how I experienced Leslie was very different in some ways, I think, than other people experience me. And that's yeah. why I want to bring this up is, is every gal listening. As much as you've seen the courage uh, and like these successes, you know, um, I had a lot of what one could, could you know, classify as failures or classify as of, of mistakes or, or just like it not only just wasn't easy, like I stumbled, I, stu right. I stumbled through it. And I think that's something we don't always um, talk about so easily, but it is the truth. So I really accept that life is difficult. Yeah. It can be, it's joyous and has great moments and, and I'm grateful but when by simply accepting life is difficult, if I want to make something out of it, it's going to be, it's going to, there's always going to be something else, something that's a challenge. Right. And then right. to say, oh, instead of life is difficult. Oh, it shouldn't be that way. I go, actually, because life is difficult and we pursue something and we take a risk and we see what happens and we keep at it, it's more meaningful. Absolutely. And you never know. Um, and those obstacles and those hard things turn into blessings. Um, somebody said to me one time, it says, the, uh, things don't fall in your lap unless your lap is out there. So doing those <laughs> courageous things. Yeah. And actually, it's kind of funny. I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but AOL actually did a story on me and my business. Oh, no, um, I didn't know that. And I thought it was just for the local AOL office, but they interviewed me. They started a thing on home-based businesses and they interviewed me and it was for all of AOL. So one night, um, I'll never forget it was this Sunday night and the store, when you logged into your AOL email, the stories that came up was Oprah Winfrey, Arnold Schwarzenegger, somebody else and me. <laughs> You're up there with the big leagues, right? I, I was, and, and it hit, got so much publicity, but pe what people saw was at that point, I think I'd been in Mary Kay for 15 years. They saw, I started a Mary Kay business and that's the other thing I do, which I didn't really talk that much about, but I started a Mary Kay business and then I had a pink Cadillac. So they saw a hundred dollar start and a pink Cadillac and the successful life. And they thought I can do that too. They didn't see the 15 years of the nose and the fears and the courage and the why nots todays and people just see the end. So I think if we can share more stories with women about what we've done and the courageous things and just listen to your gut and just do those little things and don't quit. Don't give up. Yeah. I, that, that, all of that, which is why at the very beginning you said, what's courage, not quitting, you know, I, and then I said, well, going, creating the life you want, 
and and not quitting. Like so, there's somewhat of a well, yeah. what do I want to move towards, right? Right. What, and, and I think the direction. Yeah, and I think we've talked about a lot of these things as we've talked. But I always say, you know, what encouragement would you give somebody else to say why not today and do those things they're afraid to do? Start the business, quit the job, write the book, leave a marriage. You know, all yeah. the things. Help your parents. <laughs> I would say. One of the things I would say, any gal listening is, um, is, is make a decision not to live with regret. Now, here's how I define regret. And, and I made this decision when I was in my 20s. I said, I don't know if I'm going to live till 80 or plus years old, but I want to be able to look back and say, oh, I'm, I, I didn't have any regrets. And so to me, regret is not trying. This is also saying, what really is failure? Failure is not trying. That's, That's how, how I define it. it. Because otherwise, failure is I screwed up. Thing didn't go right. You know, if you're going to do anything new in your life, in your business, in your career, you're not going to do it very well the first time you do Absolutely. it. Absolutely, we got to practice. You have to, right? And you you've got to learn. You you learn by doing. And then, um, so even one of the principles that I use with my business clients is. Learn, review, adjust. Learn, review, a review. Learn, adjust. You gotta go. What worked? What didn't work? Okay. Learn. Oh, I need to learn. I'd learned something here. You know, right before we got on this podcast, I said, "Hey, we were talking about earbuds. You learned something about earbuds, and you adjust. You say, what do I need to do differently now? Okay. And you just keep going, and you keep repeating. right. And you know, we can make this thing of courage. What's that? I'm sorry. Yeah. Exactly. So we can make this thing occur. I didn't, you like, didn't say anything. Go ahead. That well, it was oh, just the internet was going. Wah, yeah, you know. <laughs> no. But technology. We can feel like the courage. I have to be Wonder Woman. When most of the time, Wonder Woman is we wonder what the heck happened to our lives. We wonder what right. how we're going to deal with the situation. That's the true Wonder Woman. You know what? Really, courage is. I think requires just basically two things. One is that. I think a key for me, courage has been, as I looked back um, for all the different moves that I made, was a sense of direction. I, I'm, I, I was either moving towards something or away from something. Frankly, engineering and my ex-husband was moving away. But I right. learned a lot about that. Then when I decided to write the book and I decided entrepreneurial career, I was moving towards something. So what's your sense of direction on something? And it gets fueled often and i think that where and the word courage actually is a french word that um has is based on a french word with the word heart in it it's fueled by i think wow, i did not know that passion and conviction so i think it's c-o-e-u-r-e like bon secours you ever heard of bon secours as a big national hospital okay bon means good secours is heart it's really simply means good heart in french courage and i put out my heart necklace this morning which yes, not I on video here, but <laughs> you know, well, it's not only just passion, it's passion. Like I really want something, but you know, passion's more than uh, just uh, being excited. I think passion means there's a deeper reason why this is important to you. You had mentioned earlier uh, to me right. and I was, she said, Hey, do you want to mention your abusive marriage? Yeah. And I said, yeah, because I think it's important. Um, and that to me, uh, you know, it was an important thing to say, you know, I'm not perfect. Life hasn't been easy for me. And you said, you know, I'm passionate about 
helping women in some way with domestic violence who are experiencing that and supporting safe houses and counseling and otherwise. You know, it's something deeper than just there's a lot of good things out there, right? And a lot right. of good charitable. What's that one? I think also oftentimes, sometimes it's a conviction. I will tell you that what leave my my ex, part of it was, yeah, the conviction of I didn't I didn't deserve that kind of behavior, but the bigger conviction is I'm not my I have too much to experience in life to be in, in that kind of get, continue to be oppressed. Um, and I had that conviction. So so sense of direction um, fueled by conviction, passion and desire. And the second big thing about you know, courage. It's just take the first step. Exactly. Just say, why not today? Yeah. And so you say, well, well why not today? Well, I can't. And then here's expect that all the um, critical negative voices and thoughts will go through your head. Oh, absolutely. I can't do this or that's not good. That didn't work or something that is in a negative, the can'ts and the limiting thing. You know what? You first have to go, yep, those things have been true in the past. And this is where I say flip the chip. You can say, well, it hasn't worked yet. Right, but it will. But I, I'm going to figure out, and again, what's the next step? What's the next thing, smallest little thing I can do to move in that direction? Right. Something and I often, when I have that idea or thought, you get all those negative things happening. I kind of know, like, all right, it's the, I'm convicted. Like, if things start stop me and there's too many things, I'm like, all right, I got, I'm a hard-headed enough to, like, I'm going to plow through it. I got to so do it. We, yep, yeah. yeah. We could go on and on and on and on and on. And I'm excited. I'm going to be on your podcast. So we'll have to continue this and maybe we'll have part two and maybe even do some coaching around courage at some point. But I always try to connect back to my dad. Um, and I don't know if you've ever met my dad. I was um, not honored to be able to meet your dad. I but he was definitely a character. And I always have this question and people are like, well, I never met your dad. But it's kind of like how the connections and a kind of a funny story is going to AOL is my dad often told the story of when AOL was quantum computers, whatever, they think um, put things in everybody's mailbox and rested and saying, do you want to be a part of this company? And my dad's like, I never did. And I really wish I had. Um, but <laughs> right. I think a lot like you, my dad had a big journey. And when he passed away and my brother um, were writing the eulogy and he's like, my dad always had plan A, B, and then C. So things, the thing didn't work. And then it went to a different thing was a better thing. So he got in a car accident in high school. I don't know how much I've told the story, but um, that's where he lost the vision of his eye and he wore a knock patch. And that's where his logo came from. And because of that, he was supposed to play football for USC. And because of that, he couldn't. So plan B was he went to Notre Dame, which these days, it will, who would have thought, oh yeah, by the way, I'm just going to go get on a train and go to Notre Dame. But that's where my mom grew up and that's where they got married. And so many things happened because of a plan B. So you just never know. So thank you so much for sharing. And this was so much fun. And as I said, we could talk forever and ever. You can. Um, so how do people find you? Oh, well, I, I want to say first, thank you for the invitation. It has been fun. And I love how our connection continues. Um, for those who want to explore more about, well, who is this Mary Foley? Literally, my business coaching is at maryfoley.com, M-A-R-Y-F-O-L-E-Y.com. And 
my new podcast and everything live like your nail color is at live like your nail color.com. By Perfect. the way, you can also, um, for the podcast, if you're already on po uh, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, look up, live like your nail color with Mary Foley and you'll find it. Great. And, um, the why not today podcast is on Apple um, iTunes and also Spotify. You need to teach me more tricks. We're working together on this um, and release an episode every other Saturday. Um, and I've been doing this since March. I'm excited that we haven't missed one. Um, we are trying to start a movement with why not today. So say not, why not say why not today. And I actually, if eventually this will be on video and if it is, we have why not today cups, um, tumblers, that and then I've actually got why not today t-shirts for men and women because I want people to be able to say why not today so thanks again Mary it was super fun to have you and um the rest of you thanks for listening and just remember say why not today all right I'm gonna stop the recording